Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zockey. Like to thank you, uh, Great Lakes Dragway, for all their support. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a little different uh, show, as as a, a lot of the listeners may know. Uh, some of us are actually broadcasting from home, practicing uh, social distancing. So th- there's some plus and minuses. Uh, of course, you know one of the minuses I can't hang out with my buddy Mayor Mitch. But uh, what's nice about this though is I got a bunch of screens in front of me, and I'm sitting at my uh, at my kitchen table, and I have my iMac, my iPad, and my laptop right in front of me. So I'm looking at some screens and trying to keep everybody up on what's going on with the latest, uh, one of the latest in motorsports. And uh, joining me, of course, is Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb. Also, Jeff, how you doing, sir? Oh, fantastic! Live from my uh, garage studio here. Ah. I don't have any screens. My wife has the laptop. She's uh, ordering uh groceries and uh easter stuff from uh from target and so uh i uh i'm sitting in the smoking section aka the garage right now well i guess my question is are you pacing like you like to pace during your packer prediction videos uh no no i'm not pacing i uh I'm feeling uh a little lazy uh today so i'm uh, (laughs) sitting down in in a chair so what what do you, what do you think of uh, all this going on? The social distancing. I mean, have you in your ever? I I think the biggest thing that 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 I guess uh, that I when I think of this is I, I, I nobody ever came up. Nobody has ever said to me, you know, if you're at a bar somewhere and you're just talking wild stuff. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? You know, people will talk about if there's you know some type of uh, you know what do you do in this situation? I, I don't recall anybody ever saying, well, what if there's a pandemic? I mean, we've heard there's been movies made about them and that, but we've never really, I, I don't recall ever saying, well, let's see, is, is, is there going to be a situation where we're basically almost, uh, you know, under house arrest and <laughs> in, in in our, in our home for, you know, for a month and maybe, you know, a month and a half. It's it's just wild. And everything else is shut down. Sports is shut down and everything else. And, I mean, there's good and bad with it, of course. You know, the good is you're, you know, the the, the term going around is flattening the curve. And I think uh, the listeners are aware of that with all the, uh, with everything we've we've grown to know about viruses and epidemics and that over the last few weeks, but I mean, it, Jeff, have you ever thought this could ever happen? Or I mean, gave a thought of that? No, and yeah. uh, you know, I never thought that uh, the entire sports world, the entire world, would uh, you know shut down and our economy would completely come to a standstill and. Uh, and everything like that. I think, uh, you know, this is by far the worst case scenario, uh, you know, and the jobless claims and everything like that back that up. So, uh, you know, it's a terrible situation that, that, uh, that everybody's in now. And, uh, 
you know, you just you hope for the best and you hope uh, sooner rather than later life gets back to uh, what will be a different but a new normal. Yeah, I think you know, it is. Uh, I, I, I really think that personally, my prediction, and I am not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm just a sports radio guy who only does this part-time, And but I'm thinking that, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to, once, we're, we're, we're screwed for April. I think we're stuck, and, and but I think by May they're going to start opening up, and it's not going to be a, like, it's over. But you're gonna talk. You're gonna see areas that aren't as affected much start opening up a little bit, and I think May you'll start seeing that. And by the end of May, I'm thinking it'll be about 50% or so, maybe more, hopefully. Uh, and then uh, you know we'll be hitting the hitting the ground running by uh, hopefully uh, shortly in the first couple weeks in June. So. And I, you know, I, I think the people, I think with with the scheduling changes and that, I, I think that's what the people, because you know, you know, the, the people that are doing these rescheduling, uh, let's let's take a look at the Indianapolis 500. It's the biggest single day sporting event. It's been moved to Sunday, August 23rd. I was thinking they were going to move it to Labor Day, but uh, they did not. They moved it to August 23rd. And then the 4th of July weekend, which is going to be the Brickyard 400, that Saturday is going to be a doubleheader on the road course with the Indy cars, with the Indianapolis or the Indy Grand Prix and the Nation uh, Xfinity Series. I, I, I said when they announced that, I said they're going to get 100,000 people for that because people are going to be so ready to do something that. It's going to be huge, and I think, I think by Thursday weekend, this thing is going to be mostly passed. We might still have some issues with maybe New York or New York State, or, or like there might be a hot spot or two, but the majority of the country should be back to normal, hopefully. And I, I, I just think that's going to be huge because I just think of it like a rubber band. You know, we've been we've been pulled tight. We're 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 stuck. Once you let that go, people are going to be ready. And especially, you know, you know what's going to be the toughest part of this, especially for us in the upper Midwest, is it's going to be starting to get nicer out. So for yeah. for somebody like me that lives kind of in a semi-rural area, it's not too bad because, you know, I, there's stuff to do around the house. You can work in the yard. We're getting a lot of stuff done. That's fine. That's That's one of the pluses in this. But you know, for the people that live more in an urban area, and that it, it's going to be tough when when the weather starts getting nice, and, uh, and maybe that's why they're doing the masks thing. If you're going to go outside, wear a mask, and that way you can cut down on on some of the uh, you know um, spreading of the germs. So, what says you? I just you? think, like I said, I think there's going to be a new normal because if they gave us the all clear tomorrow and. Uh, and say that baseball season started on Monday. You know, are are you really going to race out to Miller Park to hang out with forty thousand people? Um, and yes, the triple header with uh, you know Xfinity and Cup Series and IndyCar uh, is is huge, and that that is going to be one hell of an event. And I think it's fantastic for motorsports in general that they're doing. Um, in you know the IndyCar NASCAR kind of crossover, and you know having um, you know on the same weekend at the same track, I, I think that's great. Uh, but you know, a hundred thousand people, you know, um, there's going to be obviously huge pockets, especially with young folks and stuff that uh, will race out as soon as you know this is over, and they're going to pack the bars. And, you know, the movie theaters will be packed and anything that's even sort of remotely fun will be back. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll draw. But then you'll have, you know, people, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, attendance figures are like at Lambeau this year. Because, you know, even if they give the all clear, uh, you know, say, 
nationwide, we get the all clear by the 4th of July. Yeah, you know, the foot, week one of the football season, right around September 11th. So you got, you know, two months after the all clear, but do you want to go with 80,000 people shoulder to shoulder and, uh, and hang out, you know, knowing what we just went through? And uh, I'm not sure that, uh, that that's going to happen. Especially if you're, let's say, you know, somebody older, do you take grandma with you, grandma and grandpa, who who maybe got your season tickets, you know, they were season tickets since, you know, the 60s or 70s. Maybe you have them stay home and, and just, you know, the parents with the kids go or some friends or, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that also plays out with that situation. You know, yeah. someone at risk, do you still want to do that, expose yourself, unnecessarily perhaps you know until we you know truly know you know and until there's a vaccine number one and number two or you know there's some something that you you can take that'll you know that'll treat it which they're working on right now so that, that's the other thing that 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 needs they'll be interesting to see plays out is is some of these treatments for it which are showing some very positive, you know, positive things. And you know what, what's been interesting following this, and you know, listening to the uh, to the press conferences and that and, and, and the stuff is how this thing's being attacked on different levels. And you're hearing, okay, there's this drug that may be able to work. There's just this, this drug that may be able to work. It, it doesn't prevent. It doesn't cure, but it helps the symptoms because what this thing does is causes symptoms that can kill you you know, with the lungs and everything else. And then there's also other treatments and there, there's multiple, you know, trials going on now that they're working on. It's, 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 it's really kind of cool seeing how this country is working together, the private and the public sector, getting this thing done. As somebody who has worked, um, on both sides, uh, off and on for the last 30 years, you know, you, you would told me this, 25 years ago, I would have said no, but this scene as somebody who uh, indirectly worked with the VA uh, 25, 30 years ago and the ridiculousness of that back then and how much it's improved over the last few years and the stuff that's going on now between private and public sectors and being involved with it now, working with a lot of the including being mentioned as one of the people that are distributing one of these uh, test kits and then also the um, uh, uh, the manufacturers of, of that are being mentioned you know daily we, we work with the company I work with it's amazing what's going on so yeah and you know you heard yesterday with uh, a certain company that I got that got yelled at by the president that's that's unfortunate that is something that does happen. And we do hear about that occasionally. And, you know, so, but that's why there are certain things and laws that are made for that. So, but it's very interesting, you know, and for something that, you know, for just, just for those people that are saying, well, maybe they could have did this. Yeah, there's a lot of things, but this was, there's a lot of unknowns going on. And all the brightest people are people that are saying, you know, we should listen to this guy or this person or this person. They've also made, there's some stumbling because of the information we were getting early on. I'll just leave it at that. And something, something like this, nobody bats a thousand. So you kind of learn as you go. And medicine has always been like that too. So it's, well, a, yeah. it's an and, interesting you know, time. It's, it's obviously, it's very easy. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty to sit there and, armchair quarterback uh you know this going back from day one but you know does anybody believe what the the stories were coming out of china and does anybody believe that their sick numbers and death toll numbers are correct at least i don't uh you know i think that many people myself included sat there and you know uh when this whole first hit yeah, you know, it's no big deal. It's, you know, it's the flu. And then, uh, you know, we're finding out it's worse than that. My thing is, and yes, it's, yeah, we're all inconvenienced. Like I said, all the, all the small, all the businesses in general, but especially the small businesses are the ones that are going to feel it the most. 
the restaurants, uh, the mom and pop shops that, you know, don't have multi billions of dollars in a in a coffer, you know, stuffed away in a cave somewhere where they're able to wait this out and and be okay. Those are the ones, uh, you know, that are going to hurt the most. Now, personally, I'm inconvenienced by it because now, you know, my kids aren't going to school, so they're home 24 hours a day. Uh, you know, you, no parks are open or anything, so you can't leave. Uh, you know, there's nothing to do. However, you know, I'm not in, we're not inconvenienced by staying home because, you know, you've got cable, you've got movies, you got a DVD player, everybody's got video, you know, video games or whatever. There's all this stuff, you know, there's worse things than being stuck at home. The people that are feeling it the most are the old people, the ones who, are in assisted living or in a nursing home and can't have visitors. The people who have had a loved one die and uh, the body's sitting in a freezer waiting for this all to be over so they can have services for them. Those are the people that are truly inconvenienced and, you know, are, are feeling it worse than everybody. So, yes, it sucks that there's no sports. Yes, it sucks that, you know, everybody's under house arrest right now. Uh, but it could be a hundred times worse. It certainly can be. Well, Jeff, you want to hold over for another segment, and we'll bring uh, Dennis Michelson from Do You Make Media on uh, the next segment here. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in the world of NASCAR. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And uh, on the phone, of course, joining us is Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb. And now joining us, of course, it is the Dennis Michelson. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. How are you guys there up in Beertown? Can in there? Uh, doing pretty well. No complaints on my end, to be honest. Yeah, same here. You know, doing as best as we can under the circumstances, Dennis. It's been crazy watching the, the statistics come in. And my little county in downstate Illinois has four uh, positive tests back now. Um, but it's it's just really weird. It's It's a... It, it doesn't feel like it's happening here yet, and I'm happy to say that. Yeah, it, yep, it that's is. a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, but uh, we're all missing racing, Dennis. Oh my goodness! You know the the thing is, um, when they first started talking about putting the eye racing on, I was like, "Oh yeah, what a gimmick! This is stupid." I've enjoyed it, guys, but I, I do have a, a little bone to pick with NASCAR because starting this weekend, they've changed the rules, and it almost seems fitting because we're always joking about NASCAR changing the rules all the time. They've changed the rules, and they won't let some of the underdogs compete. There isn't going to be an open qualifying race to get in the big race because guys like Ty Majeski, Timmy Hall, we're showing up the NASCAR Cup stars. So there won't be the underdogs racing against the big boys this week. Instead, they're going to sub in some retired drivers instead. And for me, that loses a little bit of the charm. But the other cool thing that I saw this week was when they had an iRacing event um, featuring the dirt track at Charlotte for World of Outlaws cars. The real World of Outlaws announcer was calling the race, and Kevin Swindell, who got seriously hurt several years ago and had to retire from racing because of his, his massive injuries with the, you know, he was totally paralyzed at one point, has gotten use of his legs back now uh, to a limited sense. Kevin Swindell was up there, racing with Christopher Bell for the lead, and it felt so good to see Kevin Swindell back 
on a race, even if it was a pretend race. So I've kind of enjoyed this iRacing stuff. It It's given us a break from the bad news. Yeah, it's better than I thought it would be. I was like you, you know, am I really going to tune in to watch TV video games? Um, but, you know, I'm glad I did. I enjoyed the, the first couple NASCAR races. I think, uh, you know, the the one for, for Bristol uh, tomorrow. They've got one tonight that I think is on NASCAR.com. Um, and then they've got uh, the one tomorrow that will be televised with the big guys. Tonight is Xfinity Truck Drivers ARCA Series. They're running the ARCA car. Uh, so that could be interesting as well. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, NASCAR was first in this. The ratings were huge. IndyCar followed. And now you have the NBA. Uh, they were showing on the four-letter network um, NBA stars playing NBA video games last night. So, you know, NASCAR really kind of set the trend uh, as far as televising the iRacing. And, uh, you know, I it, it's been good for them. It's been good for them. Now, I know that they're getting on the network, so you got to give NASCAR the props. But really, the one who started it was a website called Under Review, which is a hockey minor league hockey website that played the Danville Dashers against uh, Danbury hat tricks um, when they the first weekend that we were without uh, minor league hockey. They had that up using they they programmed the players in on an NHL uh, game and they played minor league hockey games and they were streaming those live. It was hilarious. Um, so guys are really stepping up to the plate to come up with some innovative ways to keep these sports out there. And I'm kind of excited because this was supposed to be the weekend that my uh, American Ultimate Disc League guys had opening day. They're supposed to have some of their past games broadcast on FS2 starting next week. Um, so you'll get a little taste, even though you're not going to get the new games, obviously, because the league is is on hold right now like everything else, you're at least going to get to see some Ultimate Frisbee. And nobody's seen these games, you know, before the majority of people. So if they play the playoffs from last year, for instance, you know, it'll be a big exposure for the league. So a lot of folks doing some smart things. But NASCAR, I think, is doing a terrific job. Their ratings, in fact, for uh, their first of their races was almost, as good as the ratings you get for a non-Indianapolis 500 Indy race. That's how good their ratings were. So um, it was it was remarkably popular, um, which kind of surprised me. I didn't expect it to get that many people watching. Yeah, it really, it really shows yeah, how I agree. starved people are. Yeah, it, it really shows <laughs> how, how starved the fans are, uh, you know, and trying to get entertainment. Now, for me personally, is it appointment TV? Not really, but I will if I'm you know if there's a TV on I'll turn it on and I'll I'll kind of pay attention to it because to be honest that first race it was kind of cool seeing Timmy Hill Garrett Smithley and these guys who I knew previously were good eye racers so I thought oh this is kind oh, yeah. of cool because now the playing field's kind of level now and <laughs> these guys are playing in their backyard. And so it was kind of cool seeing that. It was like, you know, now we're kind of in this alternate universe where these guys are the superstars. And I think if NASCAR tries to manipulate that out, it could be a detriment. Because let's face it, we're not we're not trying to recreate. Let's not try and recreate, you know, uh, what what would happen on a racetrack. It, let's let's just let it. Let it do its own thing. Let the iRacers, the guys that are really good doing it. I thought it was interesting. IndyCar had an article that Graham Rahal is trying to catch up. He hadn't, which is a surprise. He hasn't been iRacing, and he's trying to catch up to these other guys. And it's like, you know what? It's not that easy. You know, this is a true, true racing simulator. And uh, I've I've seen it down in Indianapolis. I know some people who do it, and there's some guys in Wisconsin that do it. 
and it is really really tough it's not something where you know i'm going to take a weekend here and i'll be i'll be up with the other guys no there there's a lot of it, it is a true racing sim it is not an xbox game so now the, no, the only thing that really, that's really... well as i say the only thing that's really lacking that in the uh what's the word i'm looking for the, the the uh, sim and is the, the accidents are kind of goofy. They never worked <laughs> on it because they were more interested in getting the feel of the car on the track and the input as opposed to making the accidents look realistic. Yeah, it, definitely. And one of the things that I found really interesting was here they were making all of the setups equal, so nobody had a better car than the other guy. But how funny was it that you had Denny Hamlin racing and winning with a rig that cost him tens of thousands of dollars, and you had Garrett Smithley, who was just as competitive right down to the wire, and he was using a setup that cost him a few hundred dollars. It just is hilarious to see, once again, even in simulated NASCAR, money is trying to buy speed, but the talent of guys like Garrett Smithley, Timmy Hill, are you know in the iRacing environment shows that these guys have some talent, and it kind of makes you wonder what if they ever got a chance to race in top equipment? Are they just good iRacers, or do these guys have what it takes to be a good racer on the track, and they just don't get a chance to show it? because they're always in second-rate equipment. There's a lot of questions that this has opened up, but I, I don't like the fact that NASCAR's taking away the open. I like that sense of anybody can show up for these iRacing events, um, you know, that, that has been a, a, in a NASCAR-sanctioned race. You even had guys that had won the championships down in Mexico. You had some NASCAR European drivers you had some guys from the Penny Series up in Canada, and they all were competitive. The interesting thing is we've seen that the setup of a cup car, though, is very different in iRacing than the setup of an Xfinity or a truck. Or uh, in the case of Ty Majeski, he spends most of his iRacing time racing super late models, and it took him a while to adapt to this cup car. So it's it's fun to see how technical these iRacing uh, setups and these iRacing uh, simulations are because they're, they're incredibly real. Yeah, I agree. Uh, getting back to, uh, to real racing here, Dennis, one thing I've been thinking about, and I know that, you know, we've had Atlanta, we've had Miami postponed, and the longer, and NASCAR, you know, they came out and said that, you know, they are fully committed to trying to run all 36 races this year. But the longer that the uh, the racing cannot go on and uh, the longer that, you know, NASCAR is shut down and everything like that, they already postponed the, the new generation car is supposed to come out next year. It's now the year after. Um and it seems unlikely that they're going to get 36 races in this season. The people that I was thinking about were the drivers, like half of the Stewart Haas team. You got Clint Boyer and Eric Amarola, who are basically on one-year prove-it deals. And they had to sit there and, you know, at, at minimum, make the playoffs and probably advance into the second or third round to kind of secure their seat for next season. Does this shortened season that if they get racing again, which I think we all agree that they will, but say that it's a short season, say they lose five or ten races, how much of an effect is it going to have on these guys who are fighting for their jobs and had to have a big year to secure their ride for next season. Well, the big problem is how many rides will there be available next year? Because not only are the teams and the tracks and, and the uh, drivers taking it on the chance 
every one of these Fortune 500 companies that rides along and funds this racing every week are going to be taking a big hit in the bottom line. How, how many of them decide that they can no longer afford their NASCAR commitment going forward if too many races are missed and they, you know, the economy suffers and, you know, they're worried about things not coming back until, you know, late third or fourth quarter of this year or even first quarter of next year. Are we going to see some sponsors go away? Is that going to remove some rides and really throw another monkey wrench into the works? Are we going to see teams take the attitude of, oh, this is a do-over season? I mean, we're already hearing rumors that Jimmy Johnson might make next year his retirement farewell year now, uh, depending on how long this, this delay goes. Are we going to see teams just say, hey, it's a do-over, and we're going to go into 2021 with the same roster of guys and, and do this silly season thing all over again? It's going to be a lot uh, of this is going to be dependent on which sponsors decide that they can no longer afford NASCAR, and that's a possibility. And at the same time, you're getting into that point where what does NASCAR do for the prize monies off of stuff as well as sponsors don't get the value that they were hoping, and the TV revenue has to go away. I mean, if they lose races, they lose TV revenue, and the teams lose money. There's a lot of things that are so uncertain right now. I saw NASCAR put out a tentative schedule, assuming the racing starts up again around May 24th, or that last weekend, next to last weekend, next to last week in May. But the problem with that schedule which included a lot of Wednesday doubleheaders and some other, you know, things, Wednesday races, I should say, and then weekend doubleheaders. The problem with that schedule is the governor of Virginia said no public meeting place gatherings until June 10th at the earliest, and that knocks Martinsville out. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And, you know, right now as we speak, the president of the United States is having a conference call with every major sport in the in the land, so including NASCAR and IndyCar. What is going to be said? What decisions are going to be made? Are we going to see racing without fans like we were going to at Atlanta? Are we just going to see sporting events continue back up without fans? It there is so many question marks and no answers and. All we got at this point is wild guesses on where this pandemic is even going to go in the next four to six weeks. Well, yeah, let's there go. is. But well, the one constant is we know that the free agent class of available NASCAR drivers going into next season is extremely strong when you have yes. Kyle Larson, you've got Brad Keselowski, uh, you, you know, you have other top, top names that are going to be available. W why would a team such as Stuart Haas, you know, keep around an Eric Amarola when you got a chance to take uh, Kyle Larson or you got a chance to go out and get Brad Keselowski and bring them into the fold? Oh, well, yeah. Let's... yeah, they're definitely there's definitely going to be some movement. Let's go expand on that point, uh, and let's take a quick break, and we'll, we'll talk more because I, I want to get – I got some feedback. I also want to talk about regarding the end of this year and, and actually the ramifications I think that we're, we're going to feel in the next year after this. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Back to the final inspection show. Steve Zaki here, along with Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, and Dennis Michelson joining us. Uh, and just expanding on my thoughts, you know, 
some excellent points in the previous segment about the the NASCAR free agent drivers and all this, but I, I think there's a concerning thing that that might hit us next year, and you know is the economic uh, ramifications of this uh, of this pandemic, and you got wholesale industries being shut down. And I, I, you know, we everybody talks about the the economy being like a V, which I, I think it will. I think it's going to bounce back, but you're you're going to be talking about a quarter or two in which, you know, the the earnings are going to be down for these companies. So if you're a Hendrick Motorsport or you're Joe Gibbs Racing or a smaller team, you know how when you go back to these sponsors, what's the first thing they cut? You know, and I'm 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 wondering sponsorship is going to be, I think, at a premium for for next year for a lot of teams, not only for NASCAR, but IndyCar, Formula One, everything. So it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see uh, it's going to be kind of a... It, it, you're not going to see the effect right away, but you could six months and a year down the line. And it's going to be interesting to see how that... what 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 that actually does to some of these teams. What, what, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, uh, you know, if you're Rick Hendrick or, uh, you know, Richard Childress, Haas, you know, I would be on the phone with Charmin and Bounty Paper Towel. Uh, you know, I would be calling these companies that uh, have a chance of uh, getting the vaccine. I would be on the phone with 3M. I would, you know, the, anybody that makes the masks, the respirators, and, you know, getting in their ear and in their face as soon as possible to try to secure sponsorship from those guys for next season. Uh, you know, you guys are definitely both right. You know, the, the sponsorship, it, it's going to take a hit. And there's going to be probably, I would imagine, at least a couple small teams that are going to end up folding because the sponsors are going to bail uh, because, you know, this year looks like uh, it is not going to be a healthy one uh, economically for, for our country. So, you know, I definitely see that point, but there are companies and it's not many, but there are opportunities out there to try to draw different companies in as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And we have to remember and keep in mind that this season, teams were getting less money in NASCAR monies from the, the whole charter system than they got last year. And next year, they're supposed to get a, even more of a cut to their fees that they're going to be paid, yet they're still running the more expensive car because – the car that was designed to save them money is not going to come online for another year. So I would expect to see some of the teams that run four teams right now or four cars right now maybe deciding that they're going to shut down to three. You might see some of the ones that run three that shut down to running two. It's all going to be dependent on sponsorship money, of course, but it's also dependent on the fact that they're getting less money from NASCAR, from prize money, because there is no real sponsor anymore that is picking up the big price tag for the prize money, and we're having to rely almost all on TV revenues now and sponsor money. That just is a new, different reset for NASCAR in total without this pandemic you had this pandemic where I think the biggest problem with folks going forward is they do not know what the future will be like this. I was watching the models, and of course, as a you know weather forecaster by trade, I'm all familiar with statistical models and numerical models for predicting the weather and predicting other things. And when you have a model, it's only as good as the two things, the inputs and the assumptions made by those modeling the data. When you have something that has never happened before, there's no data. So just trying to predict the deaths from this thing, the current models right now, and there's seven of them that go run every week that people in the industry look at and say, yeah, these are based on 
logic, and it's places like John Hopkins and other universities that are doing them, the current forecast would blow your mind because they're between 37,000 deaths in the U.S. and 1.1 million deaths in the U.S. When you have that big of a range of uncertainty, you have no clue how to use that information. And those in the financial markets are dealing with the same thing. You talked about a V-shaped recovery to the economy. We've never seen this huge of a portion of the economy shut down for an extended period of time. And it's like, will this thing power back up? When we, when we hit the switch on the economic engine, does it misfire? Because there's so many parts that have been removed. There's so much uncertainty here. And when it comes to a lot of these companies, their last concern will be their NASCAR sponsorship. So those dollars might be the first thing to go. Dennis, do you think it's a positive, or, or I shouldn't say a positive, but how much of an impact do you think with the, the next generation car not, not being debuted next year? Well, that was just a, a matter of, of they, they couldn't do it because that requires a lot more of these midweek test sessions. And without being able to get out and do these tests, they had no choice because it's not like, the government's able to say with any assurance, okay, NASCAR, you know, hunker down for a little bit, and by June, everything's going to be okay. Because if you listen to the experts at one point, they're saying June, and they're saying, oh, maybe by August, maybe things will be back to normal by October, maybe this last 18 months. I mean, it, you listen to an expert on this, and you hear so many different opinions. It's not because there are some that are trying to be more optimistic and there are some that are being trying to be more pessimistic. It's the uncertainty because we've never dealt with a virus like this where nobody had antibodies to it. Nobody had a, a protection. Swine flu, certain population or certain amount of the population, if you're old enough, have been exposed to that because we've had minor outbreaks before. With this, this is a new bug, basically, in the, the world of infecting humans. And so as that, we had no natural immunities to it, and I think that's what's freaking everybody out. Are they doing the right thing by shutting down half all the economy for something with a 1.8% kill rate in the U.S. so far? I don't know. That's <laughs> I'm not an expert on that sort of stuff. But I look at things and I go, man, if we're wrong on and shutting this economy down, and it doesn't refire. Sports as we know it will change because people won't have the money to spend on the tickets. The advertisers won't have the big bucks to pay for the advertising on TV, and people, as a result, on TV won't be able to afford to keep paying those big uh, rights fees. So we may be seeing a huge change in sports depending on how long this thing goes. It'll be interesting. Well, Dennis, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and uh, look forward to chatting next week. Yep, and we're still staying busy at D-Mike Media. I had a great interview uh, uh, for the local radio station for a product called LowMutech.com. That's a soybean-based uh, lubricant for people to put in their planters. So agriculture's still going strong, and we're still doing stuff. We'll also have our, our racing podcast to, uh, to highlight some of the rising stars, guys like Scott Huffnager and IMSA, and also Braden Eves over on the, uh, the Road to Indy side. And that'll be uh, uh, popping up here in the next uh, couple of days as well. So uh, we're still busy and still, uh, still working. For some reason, they consider me an essential employee. I have somebody conned. <laughs> Very good, sir. We certainly appreciate it. And, uh, Jeff, hopefully you can stay over for one more segment. And uh, we're going to talk with uh, John Wiedemann of Racing Nation coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, 
And uh, joining us in just a moment will be John Wiedemann of RacingNation.com. And, uh, Jeff, I just saw a tweet here. There was a, a, a flight from Washington to New Orleans that had one passenger on it. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Unreal. Now, question, yeah, I saw, uh, I'm wondering if I they saw one last week that said, you know, the airlines charge you $30 for a bag, uh, you know, $12 for a drink. And and now they want a bailout. Um, I got a kick out of out of that. Crazy, uh, but you know we were talking uh, uh, off air about you know watching old games and whatnot. I was you know last night the NBA channel had uh, the Bucks and the Celtics at Game Seven from 1987, and uh, you know there's a lot of racing stuff going on too. Let's uh, let's bring in John Wiedemann. Uh, from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, John. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? Good, good. We were just talking about, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, because obviously with the sports being shut down, a lot of guys are watching older games and whatnot. And like last night, they had the Bucks and the Celtics from 87, and they've had other stuff. Uh, and, and especially online, especially online, I mean, YouTube, there is just so much that you can watch now. And uh, is there any in, in, any old races or anything you've been watching that kind of that kind of tripped your trigger in the last uh, couple weeks or so? Um, not as much. I've kind of been catching up on some different shows and things like that. But yeah, with YouTube, I mean, definitely you kind of get down in the wormhole with some really interesting stuff um, that, that's out there. So I have seen some you know bits and pieces of old races and stuff like that. So well, yeah, you know, it's, and, it's, it's, it's. I mean, we definitely have the you know not live, you know, except for the iRacing, but we definitely have the entertainment sources out there, you know, to be able to do this stay-at-home kind of deal. Is there is there any better timing than the Tiger King on Netflix? Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I watched it. Um, you know, it was okay. It's uh crazy story, crazy characters. Um, it was one of those where... The only reason why I I didn't I don't think I enjoyed it that much is that there's no one that I was rooting for in that show. None of the people were very likable. Uh, you you know there's no one that you actually get behind. Where if you have a show that uh, you like, I'm a big Homeland fan, and uh, last week one of the one of the semi main characters died. And you know that's that's a kind of that's a big deal uh, on a show like that because it was a guy that you rooted for and you liked and stuff like that. With the Tiger King, I was hoping they all got eaten by tigers. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, and you know, it, it's kind of like after after watching it, you kind of wanted to take a shower. Yeah, yeah. It really but, was. It was. Yeah, it, it was, and it was one of those shows that. When I got through with the last episode, I looked at my wife and I said, "Well, thank God that was the last episode." You know, I was happy that that show was over, and uh, and maybe it was because everybody was so unlikable. Maybe you know, I, I'm not sure, but um, I think it uh, it definitely took you, you know the the nation being under house arrest for that to be as popular as as it became. <laughs> Just because there's a lot of options out there doesn't mean they're all good. That's so for did, sure. Did did Carol uh, kill her first husband? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would give it at least a seventy percent. Yes. <laughs> the, I tell you what, the memes are the the memes that are out there are pretty funny. They are funny. <laughs> you know, they are funny. I saw one with Tiger Woods. Obviously, there's one with Trump, uh, all that kind of stuff. I, uh, my, my wife texted me a link to this story that uh, Joe Exotic would love to have David Spade play him uh, if they did a movie about him. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a whole lot. Oh, and uh, one of the Britney Spears performances uh, where she had live tigers on stage, it wasn't Joe Exotic, but it was the other guy with like the four, right. you know, six or seven wives 
it was, um, was was up on stage as the tiger handler. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, Chris Wilkie, who's the uh, grandson of uh, Ralph Wilkie, uh, uh, when they were in Tulsa uh, around 15 years ago, they actually had uh, one of Joe Exotic's Tigers posed with their midget <laughs> race car. <laughs> nice. Nice. Unbeknownst to them, they're watching it, and, and his, his uncle's like going, I think I've seen that guy before. <laughs> <laughs> and he was at the Chili Bowl, so it's a small world, isn't it? It's amazing yeah. that the story kind of revolves back around and gets to Chris Wilkie. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually pretty pretty glad that he actually admitted that because I don't know how many people would actually admit that, but it made for a chuckle. So, uh, I you know what? Uh, if you want to go down a wormhole, if you go on YouTube, there's a company called Periscope Film, and Periscope Film is I think they're an American company, uh, and they made documentaries, and. I would say 80, 80% of them you could put on and you'll be falling asleep in five minutes. But there's that little, there's that layer of 15, 20% that is just gold, uh, including they did a couple on the Indianapolis 500, some dating back to the 40s. There's one on Darlington that is really good. I want to say Darlington 1958. But they, they, they did everything. I mean, they did police training films there's actually a pretty graphic uh police training film from the 70s which was actually used uh of the training of police officers or rookie police officers about uh you know being safe when doing traffic stops and that's that's actually kind of interesting too but there's a whole bunch of stuff if you uh, look up periscope film on youtube just a lot of interesting interesting stuff and then also you know a lot of nascar.com has a lot of great stuff on past uh, races, complete races, too. And what's neat about some of those is a lot of these sanctioning bodies, whether it's IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, and that, they're putting some of these complete races on uh, YouTube, and they're the broadcast quality ones. They're not off of a VCR from 30 years ago where you get the lines and everything. The, the, the quality is really, really good. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, there's also a lot of documentaries out there too. If you go to Netflix and whatnot, of course, you know we had Willie T. Ribs on uh, a couple weeks ago with his uh, uh, documentary. I was done by Nate Adams and Adam Carolla Uppity, which is fantastic. Last night I just watched one on Netflix. It's a documentary on Juan uh, Manuel Fangio. That was pretty good. So I mean, there's a lot of content out there. And then like you, like you, you guys are saying before with the uh, with uh, a lot of the a series out there, you know, a lot of, a lot of content out there. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, if this would have, would have happened uh, <laughs> 30 years ago, I don't know if we'd be in this good of a condition, uh, mentally, you know, with, uh, with, with all the diversions that we have, uh, now, as opposed to in, in our past when we were younger. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm liking is the documentaries. And I, I don't have all the the racing knowledge going back as far as like, you know, you do Steve or like when you and Jack are talking and listening to that. So kind of catching up on some of these documentaries and, and, and learning about some of these drivers that I've, you know, I've heard of, but I don't really know the real story. That's, that's what I've, I've found interesting out there. Yeah, there, and there's, there are some good stories out there and there's, uh, and I've, I mentioned this before the, uh, the Dale jr. Download is too. That's another one. Uh, fantastic stuff i mean if there's a guy who who's gone on to a second career that he's really good i mean the guy is a good interviewer and some of the interviews he's done uh are are just fantastic especially when he you know like i mentioned uh last late last year he did that one with dave marcus which is probably was so so interesting and i i'm always intrigued by the story of how you know someone got to where they were you know, whether it's, I don't care what industry they're in, I'm always interested in, you know, how did you get to where you are? And and listening to Dave Marcus and and the struggles that he had at it as an as an independent, however, though, you know, and, and this is what's kind of 
frustrating now for for those of us fans of NASCAR. Back then, you know, an independent could could have success, whereas now it's so much harder uh, with the super teams that are coming out and everything else now. But uh, you know, a guy like Dave Marcus, I mean, the ultimate underdog, Wisconsin guy from Wausau. Just, just a fantastic story. So there's a lot of good stuff out there to keep you occupied uh, in this uh, in this day. Anything else, uh, John? That kind of that kind of caught your fancy recently, racing or anything, basically. Um, the one thing when you talk about documentaries, um, I didn't really know much about Hurley Haywood, and I was like, oh, there's a Hurley Haywood, you know, documentary. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, if people don't know. You should probably catch up on that documentary. You find out some interesting stuff. <laughs> that up so that's interesting uh jeff are you still with us yeah i'm still here well anything uh you want to recommend at this point uh for me i've been doing a ton of movies uh, i highly recommend parasite it won uh you know all those academy awards and everything like okay. that it's a fantastic movie uh it's 100 percent subtitled so you know you're gonna you're gonna read but uh but it, it was absolutely excellent. I watched Midway last night, which was good. Um, Bombshell was good. Uncut Gems was absolutely horrible. Um, so, you know, some good and some bad. But uh, I've been, been hitting the movie route a lot. I mean, it was a compelling story because that is a... There is... There is, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that he brought, because I've heard rumors and stories about that industry, uh, and especially in New York, and and how, you know, his store was set up, and that's how they're set up. I mean, it was interesting, but yeah, it's because the character he played was, you know, once again, there, there wasn't any her- real heroes in that movie, and I think that's kind of was the frustrating part of it, but I thought it was very well done. But there was a frustrating part. I understand where you're coming from on that. Good movie, but you're not going to, you know, after you're done watching it, you're not going to have a warm, feel-good feeling in you after you see it. No, it was one of those, you know, where I just kept watching the clock. And, oh, okay, I've got another hour to go. I've got another (laughs) half hour to go. And, uh, you know, it kind of keeps you entertained until you reach the point where, you don't want to shut it off because you already made such an investment in it and uh, you want to see it through and then it gets over with and it's just like, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, John, what's the latest at RacingNation.com? So, I mean, obviously things are slowed down. We do have some information on some of the iRacing um, when, when that kind of stuff comes across. Uh, Dennis Crosby's still going with his Motorsports Minute, so he's, he's finding different quotes and things like that. Um, again, you know, with iRacing, you know, people are, are talking. So it's kind of keeping the motorsports world going around. So we still got some stuff going on, and, and we'll we'll build up to whenever we actually get live back on the track again. Where's the first track you want to go to when this all ends? I don't know if I want to go anywhere. <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say Road America because I can definitely, you know, <laughs> social distance myself at Road America. There's lots of spots you can, you can do that, so. Um, I missed point. the last couple of races last year with some health health concerns with my mom, um, so I, I'm really kind of missing that hanging out at Road America and, and the camping deal. So I'm hoping that's all all done and we're able to do that in June. Um, not sure if that'll happen, but I'm, I'm I'm hoping. Yeah, there's an interesting article I just saw. Where was that? It was uh, let's see here. I think it said like 75 percent of uh where was that now i think yeah 75 percent of uh or the majority will stay home even after the lockdown is lifted so that's oh, yeah. interesting oh, yeah. too because uh, you know my theory is a lot of people are you know i i think i think once this kind of gets done i said there's a lot of people who are going to be getting out there and, and getting back with their lives but i think there, there will be a sizable portion that won't but I think there's always been a sizable po- portion that just don't do anything anyways. We all know those people. And, like, there's the joke there, you know, somebody's, you know, brother-in-law or cousin or something has been social distancing all their lives. So, yeah, you know, I think we all know those people. So, all right, guys, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Jeff, we'll talk to you again at the end of the show. 
And uh, let's take a break here. And then when we come back, we'll be talking with uh, David Hobbs and getting caught up with him and seeing how he's doing in sunny Florida. So we'll be back after this on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 